Hello, I am Dr. Raz from Scowl Fight for Your Rights. Are you looking to conquer the world, but help people while you do it? May I present the solution to all of your problems? The Potaser! Yes, the Potaser is my own personal invention for conquering the world with easy home-based electric goods. For just one complicated payment of two medium payments of three easy payments of 1999, you can donate through Fractured Atlas to Scowl, Ladermageddon, and get your own, very own, very, very own Potaser to Conquering the World. All donations that you make through Fractured Atlas are tax deductible. So if you are sick of dodging your taxes, you can just deduct them instead. Once again, you can buy the Potaser for one complicated payment of two medium payments of three easy payments of 1999. And help Scowl, Leathermageddon, become reality! Please be advised for your own personal safety. Please do not buy the Potaser. Simply donate through Fractured Atlas. Do not, I repeat, do not buy the Potaser. The Potaser is not meant to be cooked, eaten, consumed in any way, shape, or form. It is not meant to be utilized in any way whatsoever and cannot be verified as safe by any American administration. Please, please, please do not buy the Potaser. Simply send any donations through Fractured Atlas to Scowl, Ladermageddon. Is It Transphobic will be addressing issues of transphobia and transmisogyny. We may also address issues of racism, classism, ableism, and various other intersectional issues in this podcast. So this is a trigger warning. The panelists on Is It Transphobic will also use strong language. So listener discretion is advised. Hey everybody, it's Ashley. Um, so once again, my computer is just destroyed. Uh, that is what that is. And yeah, we are releasing this episode. It's not like our usual media analysis. Like I say, we are still going to do a lot of media analysis, but at the same time, we're looking at a lot of other things that have to do with either people combating transphobia or ways that you can sort of improve yourself. Uh, and so for this, I sat down with my good friend Maybe Burke. Uh, you probably remember them when we were promoting the Trans Theater Fest a couple of years ago. Uh, they sat down with me to talk about their show, the their one-person show that they did. Um, and it, like, I I just love talking to Maybe. Uh, Maybe's fun. I think you're gonna like this. That said, we also have a bunch of things that we're announcing. Uh, I'm announcing a new podcast, which is probably going to befuddle a lot of my listeners because it's hard enough for me to get these ones out there, but it is with my good friend Gina Femia. It's just the two of us. Uh, we might invite some folks in occasionally, but this way it's a little bit easier to plan because it's just two people, and we're talking about playwriting. It's called the Right to Play podcast. The entire idea is just, hey, if you've never written a play, if you are a seasoned playwright, you might get a lot out of hearing two people who are in the business talk. And again, we're looking to add more features. We're looking to try and get more people interested. So yeah, if you've never written a play, if you've written a million plays, if you are William Shakespeare and you have just been living your entire immortal existence out now, you might enjoy this. Except that episode where we badmouth Shakespeare. <laughs> You're probably, if you are the living embodiment of Shakespeare, you will probably not like that one. But I really hope that you'll give it a shot. Uh, yeah.
So here is the episode. The other things that I want to mention are that uh, I'm going to be in a show October 8th. Uh, it's called We Are Trans. Uh, it's I'm figuring out what I'm doing right now. I'm probably going to do a reading. Uh, I might do some stand-up. It all depends. It might be a combination of the two. If you've ever seen me do stand-up, you know that I kind of do a combination of those things. Um, yeah, so... I hope you enjoy this episode. It's all about sensitivity reads. And if you have any questions about sensitivity reading, you can find us on Twitter. Ask us, like, ask myself or maybe questions. The questions would be, how do I hire you? As opposed to, hey, here are my questions. Give me free advice. But yeah, we're happy to kind of talk to you about these types of things as either sensitivity readers or consultants on projects. All right. Enjoy the episode. Hello, I'm Ashley Lauren Rogers. I use she, her, and they, them pronouns, and today I'm being joined by... I'm Maybe Burke. I go by they, them pronouns. Awesome. So maybe tell us a little bit more about you. Who are you? What brings you here? <laughs> what my feet brought me here. I walked here. Um, I'm an actor, a writer, and a human rights advocate, um, which means a lot of things. Um, I primarily work in theater... Um, working as an actor, but I also have written. I've also done sensitivity reads that we will talk about. Um, and I do a lot of consulting work um, and like training work for folks who want to learn how to do better by trans and non-binary communities. Yeah, maybe as a fantastic actor, they were just up for the NYIT award for for their acting. Um, and also, yeah, maybe has been in one of my own plays as well which was a lot of fun. Um, so, but I wanted to bring you in because you and I both do a job that <laughs> we both do multiple both jobs. Do job. We both do a job, uh, but we both do a specific job that I wanted to talk about that I think a lot of people don't know even exists, mm -hmm. which is the idea of a sensitivity reader. So how did you actually, before we talk about how you got into it, do you have a description when people ask you about it or if you're telling them about it that you usually go to as far as like, what is a sensitivity reader? Yeah, I mean, there's different levels of the work that I can do when I'm doing this kind of a thing. And those levels go from the base level being a sensitivity read, where, like, I will read this and tell you whether or not it's shit. Um, <laughs> that's, like, my description of a sensitivity read. Um, where there's also, like, the layer of, like, me being brought onto the project as a consultant and, like, working with you to fix the problems. Um, where when I do a sensitivity read, largely what I'm doing is telling you what's wrong and why you there's like more conversations and more of a commitment that has to be done for me to solve those problems for you um and I've also done sensitivity reads around gender but also like race and ableism and all kinds of marginalized identities as well very awesome yeah so how did you start getting into doing sensitivity reads I fell into it. Um, I don't really know. I, can't, I was trying to think about the first time I did it, and I don't really remember. Um, but I know at some point I realized that I had been doing it non-consensually for a long time. Um, and like as a trans actor, there's a lot of really terrible scripts out there. Um, and a lot of um, stories that are being told that don't really understand who we are. Um, I don't know if you're familiar. Um, Never read one. <laughs> yeah, you didn't base an entire podcast around the concept. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but like a lot of folks um, were willing to listen and were like having conversations, but not realizing that like if you brought me into the room as an actor, 
you're abusing that position in asking me to do more than be an actor in the room. Um, and there are like rooms that are like having open, active conversations and I'm like happy to be a part of them. It's when I'm the only actor in the room who is part of that conversation or I'm the one doing so much more than everybody else in the room that it feels like I'm being taken advantage of. Um, and so I did put my foot down and started like charging for that. Um, which is the thing, like I'm happy to have those conversations and I think it's like, effective for the stories most often and I do think of it as part of like my duty as a person who works in education to like have that conversation very often I don't necessarily this is where it's kind of problematic because like I don't necessarily feel that I need to be compensated for this work um when I'm acting on a project but also I acknowledge and respect all the people who do feel that way um and so I put my foot down and ask for money so that the next person will be offered money. Um, I like try to like leverage the privilege that I have of being in the room by like still asking for money even if I don't feel that I need it so that we set the precedent that like this is another job, it deserves its own stipend. Mm -hmm. No, and I think you're absolutely right. As much as it is something, because I've definitely been in rooms where I'm like, ah, you know, like I'm acting on this. You're asking me things that are like, yeah, part of that is because it's going to help inform my character. Part of it is because it's going to help with the story in general. But at the same time, it's a lot. And I think a lot of people don't fully understand how much emotional and intellectual labor goes into actually further analyzing and being able to verbalize, mm -hmm. especially if you're the only one featuring that or featuring that form of marginalization, but you know, like existing with that. Yeah, features. <laughs> but yeah, in, in general, it is, it is something that like, if you are looking for my perspective on this and you do not have it and you're just expecting it as part of the base pay, it can be very like it can be very problematic right mm -hmm. and when you're when i'm being asked to do that getting paid the same as mary sis sue next to me mm -hmm. mary sis sue that's what <laughs> i decided to call her <laughs> but if she's Hi, I'm mary sis sue maybe <laughs> you've so you've met her um if she's sitting next to me getting paid the same amount as me and only doing half the work that i'm doing because everybody in the room understands her character because she's cis then like that's not fair to me or to trans people in general that's just like not like there's a reason we have like all types of like anti-discrimination laws and things are like made to fight discrimination and like to change things that are like actively impeding marginalized folks from like having active conversations and like living their fullest lives I got a little bit on my soapbox there. It's okay. Whoop. I just, well, if it's, I just hit myself with the microphone, so. We've all been there. It's a very long microphone. It is. Honestly, these are so, I love these mics. I don't care. They're just so like, you're, you're not going to miss this microphone. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, so what do you think people should know or understand before inquiring for a potential either sensitivity read or like you say like having you in the room being a consultant mm -hmm. like what should people know ahead of time before they even inquire um that it's a job because often i'm brought in as an actor assuming that i will also be a consultant and sensitivity reader um understanding that those are two different jobs one person can hold those but also for me if 
I don't have to do that work. It makes me a better actor, you know, like if I can just focus on acting. Um, like I was on a project recently that like I was largely part of reshaping and restructuring the script while I was also trying to perform it. And it really got in the way of my being able to be an actor. And it wasn't until we were like running like with an audience that I was like, oh, that's what that beat feels like. And like started to be able to like actually live in the script because I wasn't trying to write it anymore. Um, We're like understanding that like, just like work ethic wise, my job will be easier if I only have to do one job. Mm. But just because you hired a trans person doesn't mean that trans person has to also be your sensitivity reader, doesn't have to also be your consultant. I'm very happy to just be an actor in the room if you hire a consultant, that's not me to be in the room as well. Um, Cause like strength in numbers is also a thing. And also like perspective and individuality is a thing where like, I can only speak for myself really. And like for my own experiences, I can't speak on experiences of like everybody. Um, and if folks reach out to me to do a sensitivity read on a script that features like a trans man of color, I'm like, cool. I hold one of those three words, like, you know, like I'm like one of those things. There's so much more to that story um, where like if you have a trans man of color working on the script and also want my perspective to like lend a hand on that, I'm able to have that conversation. But like more perspectives in the room are always going to be better. That's just how that works. Yeah. Um, and so like making sure that, you know, you know who you're hiring and why you're hiring them mm -hmm. is really important to me, at least. Yeah, and I, I completely agree. A lot of what I really hope other people are doing is looking to multiple sensitivity readers yeah. because, at least for me, like, again, like you're saying, it's just one person's perspective. Mm -hmm. And I know I did a sensitivity read recently on, a like, a sci-fi novel. Um, we can't necessarily go into a lot of details, but there was, like, a sci-fi novel and a character was um, a trans woman and uh, Latinx and it's just like yeah you should probably look into a Latinx trans woman as well but these are the things that I notice these are the things that I'm doing and it's just like yep and it, it was really cool because they were like yep I am absolutely looking into more perspectives I've already gotten a couple of sensitivity reads from other folks as well and it's like good yeah because multiple people are going to tell you things that other people like one person is not going to catch everything right mm -hmm. and also like if you're creating media that is meant to be digested by a large audience you should run it by more than one person first like you know like yeah. a larger audience like the more voices that you can have in your process or like the more ears you can have listening to what you're doing the more perspectives you're going to have on it and make sure that like you are doing everything right or like at least cover your bases to do the best that you can do mm -hmm. And for me also, it's being explicit with which characters are trans. As weird and as like as weirdly specific as that is, I've had one or two sensitivity reads where I had people asking me questions about a different character and it's like, why are you asking me about this character? And they're like, well, did you miss that they were trans? And it was just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yes, I did. <laughs> so, and and it should be like, and obviously also for me because I'm doing a lot more like long form novels and things like that. Um, it, so it is one of those things where it's like I'm a very slow reader. I'm trying. I'm getting through. But also my vision is 
I am looking at this character who is the protagonist who is trans. I'm looking at how they are being treated. I don't really care how other people are being treated until you tell me, hey, focus on this character because they're also trans and I really need your perspective on them as well. Right. Yeah. That's, I, that's interesting because I've actually had, like, I've done a sensitivity read where I had opinions on things that weren't the trans character mm. and I was told that's not my place. Oh. And I was like, Oh, cool. So I can only talk about gender? Cool. Because, like, mm. as a like, white person to white person, I want to let you know that this is fucked up and racist yeah. and, like, mm -hmm. you shouldn't have to rely on, like, you shouldn't have to wait until a black person reads this to know how racist it is. Like, yep. I'm trying to warn you. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but they were like, right, yeah, we're just here to talk about the gender stuff. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. Um, you Since can't really my name off this project then. Yeah. Right. You can't like separate those yeah. two components. Mm -hmm. They're just like all in one story. Mm -hmm. Like, and they're often all in one person. Like mm -hmm. gender and race are things that everybody comes into contact with. So like, cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just like being aware that like, though I like specialize in trans identities and like talking about trans and non-binary communities, mm -hmm. I also like look around you know like yeah. i i've got expertise in other areas mm -hmm. um and if i am aware of something it's because i like have listened to other people talk about it and mm -hmm. i've like and i'm aware of what is wrong here and i might not be the right person to solve your problems but like if i flag a problem that's not related to being trans mm -hmm. if i do speak up about it it's probably because i know i'm right <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. because i've heard this <laughs> conversation before like i've i've like allied up and i understand mm -hmm. and i'm like hey you might want to look into that mm -hmm. um so i have had pushback when i try to talk about things that aren't trans and i'm just like mm -hmm. i'm more than gender I would like to think I'm more than gender. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and the idea of like only focusing on trans and like, again, like that's what I'm hardcore looking at. But at the same time, it's just like, yeah, like there are things because a lot of these things do intersect. Exactly. And because of that, it's like, okay, well, we have to look at this. And like, if you're only like using people of color in your story in a certain way, and like this trans person is also like, oh, but I'm also using the trans person. Like, it's like, whoa, okay. Mm -hmm. Well, that's maybe you should really rework the whole thing. Um, <laughs> but, and I have... I try not to necessarily say you should rework the whole thing, but I have had conversations with people that I've done this with where the like that's the other thing that I want people to know ahead of time is I may tell you this whole thing is problematic to its core. Mm -hmm. And I truly think there is no thing that you can't edit, fix and work on. It's just a matter of Ooh, are you going to have to really edit this and take another two years? Mm -hmm. Or is this a thing where it's like, maybe don't call this person that. Yeah. Right. I have done reads where I s send back, don't do this. Mm. This isn't yours. Mm. Like, this isn't your story to tell. Mm -hmm. It's clear in the way that you talk about these people. You don't have respect for trans people. Mm. This is not your story. Don't do this. Mm. I've told people to stop mm. because there are stories that I've read that I'm just like, you don't get anything about gender, let alone like trans folks. <laughs> like, there's just like certain stories that I've read that I'm just like, I don't see this ending well for you, mm. and I don't see a place that this actually can go in a good direction. Mm. Um, which is very interesting that they would even ask for a sensitivity read, because <laughs> um, like usually those folks like think that they're right or like don't care what people think. But I have ha it's few and far between that I've had that actually happen. Um, mm. That I'm just like, no, mm. or at least like I'm not helping you here. Yeah. 
That'll be five cents, please. <laughs> you really gotta up your rates. <laughs> a nickel. Wow. All right. No wonder they're hiring you so much. Yeah. For inflation. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've been doing it a while, actually. <laughs> But yeah, like I, I also wonder if part of the reason that I've had the the interactions that I have had is because a like it's so long form that if they're going in to try and like have me read it, they know it's going to be a high like a very high price. Uh, but also, it's a thing where it's like, okay, if I know I need a sensitivity reader, I know that I'm at least trying to do the right work. Right. Yeah. And, and I wonder also because a lot of like what and don't like let me know if i'm speaking what your experience is but like a lot of the experience is more like performance and uh probably a lot more tv and film as well or just or is it more like theater and performance i've done primarily theater um but i've also consulted on tv shows mm. um I've probably done a film. I don't do a lot of this work actually mm. um and i've noticed a decline recently which i'm not sure if it's that i've been pursuing acting full-time now and so people don't think that i have a brain outside of saying their words um which is also like a stereotype i'm largely trying to fight as an actor mm -hmm. um because like my degree is in directing and i like have experience all over the entertainment industry um and i'm very much trying to fight the idea that actors are only actors in a room mm -hmm. um and that i can't have those ideas which is why i like yeah. being able to like consult and act at the same time mm -hmm. um but I don't know if it's like that shift that is making people less likely to hire me for this or if it's just like a cultural shift that there are more people doing sensitivity reads. So like there's less people coming to me for it. I don't really know what it is, but I've noticed like in, I don't think I've done. I've been approached for sensitivity reads and I've pushed them off to other people just because if I like wasn't right for the project or something or if it like required a person of color or a transmasculine person or something. Um, but I haven't actually done one in like a year now, mm. which is as long as I've like been pursuing acting full time. So that's an interesting thing I noticed. <laughs> no, but it is. And it is something that you still use that skill for a lot of other things and et cetera, et cetera. But it's yeah, yeah. But having like a formal sensitivity read where someone's like, hey, read this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And if that's the, the only thing I'm doing on the project, because I've like consulted while performing, but... Mm. I don't consider that a sensitivity read. I consider that mm. unless I'm getting an added stipend for it, which sometimes I am, I consider it an abuse of power. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think like where, where I was kind of going with that is I think especially with a lot of like performance stuff and a lot of like particularly as you go more into like film and TV, it becomes a lot more of a matter of like, okay, we just need to check this box. Mm -hmm. And that's probably boiling it down to uh, things that are like, you know, like, oh, okay, Ashley, that's a stereotype of the film and TV world. But at the same time, it's like, eh, that one I've, I've pretty, I've pretty much seen is like, okay, we just need this person in the room. Okay. We just need that. Like, we don't have to have to listen to them mm. type of thing. And you know, like, there are a lot of really great studios. There are a lot of really great spaces, but at the same time, uh, it still exists. That idea of like, we're just checking off the box. So what are some, we probably just started asking, we probably just started talking about this, but like, I'm wondering if there are things that like people generally don't think about when they think about sensitivity read. Like, <laughs> honestly, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that I like when I read those scripts or stories that are like I'm just like stop 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 
I don't think people realize that they're asking me to read something about me, potentially, mm. and how problematic what they're saying is, um, and like assumptions made about people like me, mm. um, and the true like emotional labor that goes into having to explain, like, you just dehumanized everyone I love <laughs> like, in this conversation. Mm. Um, the like the conversations around like the like tropes of like trans folks being like hypersexualized or things or the butts of jokes and all of that stuff like the amount of times that I've like read something and then I'm like you don't even you like you don't realize that like I am who you're talking about and you are asking me to read this piece for you and then tell you it's okay to say that about us like that's a thing that like blows my mind i um talk about it with like casting a lot because like uh lynn marie rosenberg who does um cast and loose um she always has like terrible breakdowns that are really offensive for folks and she talks about it a lot and i've adopted a lot of her conversation of like there are actors reading this trying to decide whether or not they're gonna go in for this role if it says like pretty but in the right light you know that she's trans or something like that like like language that you're using people are trying to connect to something and then you are immediately degrading them <laughs> like there's like certain things that is just like oh my god like I'm relating to this character and then you have them say this thing or do this thing or have these people say these things about them that are like so dehumanizing and so degrading that I'm just like what are you who are you telling the story for like what are you actually trying to accomplish with this story if not trauma porn um so that's like one major thing that I wish people like realized is that like you're asking for a sensitivity read of somebody who shares the identity with your character you should be sensitive before I walk in the room you know like and if there are things that are gonna be problematic or like there are points that you know might be iffy trigger warnings are not a thing that you have to hide from a sensitivity reader you know like especially if it's like not going to be like consumed as like a performance if i'm going to be reading it for content and stuff like letting me know like hey pages like 45 through whatever like have like an attempted suicide or like something like that mm -hmm. would be very helpful for me also, just like structurally for on my first read, just to be like, okay, so we're building to that, like figuring out like where a person is emotionally to help like arc a character, but also just like for me to know before reading a piece, because sometimes I'm like, this person is asking for a sensitivity read. What could be wrong? You know, like balls to the wall, just like who knows what's going to be that like if I could actually know what pieces I'm looking at and like what problems might arise um that's helpful for me emotionally just going into the work um to like know what i'm going to be looking at and like why because also there's ugh, whenever i consume anything that cis people write about trans people mm -hmm. there's like the deep-seated fear where i'm just like oh god where is this going where is this going what oh god what is she what is she gonna do what is she gonna do you know like mm -hmm. that i'm just like terrified of falling into the tropes and like all of those things happening um so i think definitely like trigger warnings and like being aware that you're asking somebody to read potentially about themselves mm. um is like th those are 
seemingly small things, but actually have like huge emotional tolls on the people who are reading. Mm. No, absolutely. Like honestly, that factors into my price as well, which is why like I like not to, but like if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna commodify it. Um, and I like, and I don't talk. I'm not necessarily going to say what prices I charge because it is one of those things where everything is circumstantial and I do I will say my pricing structures offer like hourly rates as well as flat rates depending on what's going to be best for the project and best for the person uh, but it is one of those things where it's like yeah no that absolutely the idea of what am I walking into factors into uh, the the price that I charge at the end of the day and yeah, it, it kind of has to because you do have to do that emotional labor to be able to say, even if I wasn't warned, like, like maybe if there's like a lot of like needles and something like that doesn't bother me. But for some sensitivity readers, yeah, <laughs> it could be a thing where it's like, oh, you didn't know to tell me, but all right, I got to I got to go through this. Yeah. Yeah. I when I when I've read this isn't like a sensitivity reads, but like pleasure reads, but like on that topic, just like. When I've read trans women's memoirs, when they are describing affirmation surgeries, I need to take breaks because I literally almost pass out mm -hmm. talking about like injections and things like that. I do. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a very squeamish person. So that's like a very good example of like it will if I have an hourly rate, it will take more hours for me to read this yeah. <laughs> because I literally need to take breaks so I don't either throw up or pass out. Mm -hmm. um, and also like whether or not I want to take that job is rooted in like mm -hmm. whether or not I want to be reading about needles all week, you know, like that yeah. happens. Mm -hmm. Like it is, it's, it's so funny. Cause I always get like five inquiries at once in the year. And it's always like, as I'm about to leave for vacation or as I'm like, it's just like, why, mm -hmm. why? It's just like, great. Thank you. Place. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so for me, it's always like, all right, well, he, when do you need this by? Like, and I, yeah, like when, what, what's your turnaround time? <laughs> uh, and at least for like novels, at least in my experience, it's a lot quicker than I need. But like, <laughs> but it's like, all right, that's, that also goes into the price. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause yep, if you if I if you can wait six months, my price will go way down. <laughs> what is that triangle? Things are either like high quality, fast, or cheap. Like yep. you can't have all three. You need mm -hmm. to have like one or two. Mm -hmm. And most people get that, and most people like, and it's just like yep. So they'll pay a little bit more to make sure it's done on time, or they'll be like, yep, it's a very fluid end date. So talk to me about what's good. Yep. Uh, but I do want to make sure that we talk about the idea of like this story maybe isn't for you mm -hmm. because I think that that is a, a conversation. A lot of people don't know either like a don't know. And so they don't try and write a trans character mm -hmm. because they're like, Oh, none of those stories are for me. So I should just stick to my own experience. Right. But also people are like, all stories are for me because I'm assumedly a cis white man, but I'm sorry, cis white male listeners. I'm probably not talking to you about you. Maybe. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm going to have to start using possibly, aren't I? <laughs> Perchance. I'm here to expand your vocabulary, Ashley. Thank you. Uh, so what do you think are some, so what is the most helpful, uh, information a writer can provide you ahead of time. Like we talked a little bit about the idea of trigger warnings, but is there anything else? Uh, and I talked about this idea of tell me where all the trans people are in this thing, but is there anything else that is helpful for you to know ahead of time? The first question I ask a writer mm -hmm. is why is this character trans? Yes. 
mm-hmm. because in my experience um the real answer that i hear underneath mm-hmm. what they tell me nine times out of ten is it's 2019 and that's what everybody else is doing mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'm like yep. cool then i know mm-hmm. i'm gonna have a lot of work ahead of me mm-hmm. like there's a very few times that it's actually been like an answer that i'm like oh cool i want to hear this now you know or like great let's do that mm-hmm. um but like if i can know why you decided mm-hmm. to write a trans person into your story mm-hmm. then i know what i'm getting myself into mm based on the way people respond to that question. I remember the first time I got a response that I liked, I was like kind of shocked um, because I wasn't expecting to ever get a response. I liked that question from (laughs) this person, honestly. Um, But this person had reached out to me and when I asked why, they were like, this character wasn't originally trans and then I was trying to think of like what like the thesis was and like what like the main central conflict of the story was and I realized that it was a story about change and that just seemed like an interesting lens to tell change through. And I was like, oh, that's kind of deep. I kind of love that. <laughs> like I was like, okay, let's let's go. Um, and it was like about like a girl coming back from war coming back to her parents house as a woman Mm. and she had left before transitioning and like it was about change and i was like oh this is beautiful and it like did some like tropey things and like her parents misgendered her a lot because she was coming back for the first time and stuff but like it all made sense for the story and it all worked for a specific reason and for a specific story to be told and i was like i was actually moved by the piece and i was like okay if your intentions are strong the outcome is strong like that's how that works mm-hmm. um so i always ask why you're doing this because that's when it's oh i heard that trans people need more work or like oh this blah 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 like people googled what it means to be transgender saw a three minute video or read like page article and we're like oh that's so interesting nobody's ever written about that before i'm gonna go and you know like that whole thing happens um which is a thing that like i know you teach classes on like writing for trans and non-binary characters right yeah um because like i often say to folks when i'm talking about like representation because i talk about representation like more than I talk about anything, I think. Um, But when I'm talking about representation or, like, casting or all of these things, I'm like, you don't have to write a trans character to cast a trans person in it. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have to write a trans story to have a trans character. I kind of love that there are trans characters that you don't realize are trans in those works because, like, they can just be, like, in the canon as a trans person and not have to, like talk about their hormones and their transition and when their parents got mad and blah 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 you know not I, I'm making that noise when I say yeah. those things as if they're not things that <laughs> we are you're I, I'm yeah I'm assuming that this is a fictional character and a thing that is written by a cis person who is trans right yeah. um, like th- those stories are important but like usually when told by cis folks who don't actually have a deep connection to trans communities they are really one note and usually that note is really off key mm-hmm. um, like and it's not an actual story about trans folks um where i like 
always say that like there aren't cis roles there are just roles that you didn't consider trans people for like there aren't really cis narratives there's just narratives you didn't assume to be trans um and so like when i am looking at roles that i want to be playing i'm really interested in playing roles that were intended for cis people on tv um in theater like wherever I just want to go and I want to audition for Sally Sis. What did I call her? <laughs> Hold on. It was, um, oh, wait. Mary, Mary Sis Sue. <laughs> yep. um, but like, I want to, I want her role. Mm -hmm. And then there can also be a trans person playing the role that I was called in for. But like, I could also just play other roles. You know, like we could also just like do other things mm -hmm. um, because like there aren't, it's the same as like any marginalized community within this conversation where like I think there are roles that are specifically cis like there are roles that are specifically white um there are roles that have to be able-bodied like there are those things um but like being accountable and realizing that like no this story is just universal like this person's arc could be played by anybody and then being intentional to like make sure that that anybody isn't just like a white cis able-bodied person you know like having that conversation is really deep and important to me um to make sure that because like that that is a thing that like can be like misguided and you can cast people in things that end up being problematic and like if you have a role that's intended for like a cis person uh, that is like hypersexualized and then you cast like a black trans woman there is like stigma being added to that mm -hmm. um so like being intentional with like how you're casting those roles like colorblind casting or like gender blind casting or gender bent casting is not not my favorite um yeah i mean colorblind casting is like nothing that's a myth because you're you can't do that blind mm -hmm. um but yeah, like it's an excuse to do all sorts of other things that you probably shouldn't be doing with this production yep exactly where if you're doing like very intentional casting around all marginalized identities then that's a conversation to be had mm -hmm. um and like if you're specifically choosing to tell new stories in the way you're structuring mm -hmm. like systems of class and power within the dynamics of the play, then I'm really interested. Um, if you're just like, mm, checklist, we got one, we got one, we got one, then mm -hmm. I don't care. And I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a, oh, I'm trying to remember the exact, like uh, the exact phrasing, but it's that idea of the, um, the assumed phrasing, but essentially that idea of like the assumption of a character, if it's not stated, is mm -hmm. that they're cis, that they're white, that they're straight, that et cetera, et cetera. And you have to physically, like you have to verbalize it and physicalize it and show it. And mm -hmm. I think the way a lot of people immediately do that is with particularly for a trans narrative is, well, we have to show that they are getting surgery. We have to show that they are specifically on hormones. And there are so many trans folk that are not interested in either one of those yeah you and me both <laughs> and it's just like no like that doesn't take away from our transness and it's also you just like write a story and then decide like oh and also this person's trans mm -hmm. not in like the jk rowling way of like uh, yeah. being like by the way snape's yeah. a trans woman um but like actually like putting it in there mm -hmm. in a way that's just like this is true <laughs> not like having to go down a like deep rabbit hole of like dead names and a, like trauma past and stuff but like a way of just like nope this is boom boom I've, I've actually done like a couple of like quickie like consults where people are just like well I want to figure out how to do this and I was just like what if you don't do that and they're like 
huh, I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> it's just like so many where it's just like, well, don't do that. It's like, huh. Right. It's just like, yeah. There are other options. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, actually, if, you, if you're okay with it, let's talk about this idea of like, okay stories to tell versus not okay stories to tell like what is your story versus what is not your story um and like because ultimately that is a way that i talk to people about that is like you kind of have to part of there's no easy way to say like oh here's the checklist of things there's certainly things that it's just like i'm sick of hearing like i never want to hear another cis person write a trans sex worker I never want to hear another cis person write about trans uh, various like body surgeries, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's not me saying don't ever do that, but it is me saying like we're sick of this. Just maybe find another story, or like have a very good reason why you're doing it, mm-hmm. and there isn't a good enough reason for you to do it. <laughs> a thing that I often say is like if there is a story that you're really passionate about getting told, and you think other people are willing to hear it offer it to a person who holds that identity as an idea for them to write Mm -hmm. um because it's a thing that like 